Jen, and I host the Your Parenting Mojo podcast. We all want our children to lead fulfilling lives, but it can be so... Do you get tired of hearing the same old intros to podcast episodes? I don't really, but Jen thinks you might. I'm Jenny, a listener from Los Angeles, testing out a new way for listeners to record the introductions to podcast episodes. There's no other resource out there quite like Your Parenting Mojo, which doesn't just tell you about the latest scientific research on parenting and child development, but puts it in context for you as well, so you can decide whether and how to use this new information. I listen because parenting can be scary, and it's reassuring to know what the experts think. If you'd like to get new episodes in your inbox, along with a free infographic on 13 reasons your child isn't listening to you and what to do about each one, sign up at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash subscribe. You can also join the free Facebook group to continue the conversation. Over time, you might get sick of hearing me read this intro, so come and record one yourself. You can read from a script Jen's provided or have some real fun with it and write your own. Just go to yourparentingmojo.com forward slash record the intro. I can't wait to hear yours. Welcome to the Your Parenting Mojo podcast. Before we head into our chat with our guest today, I wanted to give you a heads up on what's coming in the conversation because I actually didn't even catch the flow of it until I watched it again later. And I think you'll get more out of it if you know it's coming. My guests today are Adriana and Tim who are in the parenting membership. And when they joined, I think it's safe to say things were not great in their family. They loved their children, of course. And also they were at the end of their rope. Adriana had a lot of doubts that things could even be different and whether working with me could possibly be the thing that would make that happen. When you're in the parenting membership, you can, of course, ask questions in our private community. And because the membership is quite small, I'm intimately involved. It's not like I'm showing up to talk at you a couple of times a month in a video while you're typing in the comments. I'm in the community most days responding there. And on our group coaching calls, you get to talk with me directly if you want to. When these questions get posted, it's not hard for me to tell when there are a lot of layers to an issue that would be much better addressed in an actual conversation rather than going back and forth in the chat. So I had a one-on-one consult with Adriana and we talked about some of the struggles she was having with her younger child's behavior. And she and Tim started taking some steps towards meeting more of this child's needs. But things really came to a head when Adriana posted in the community that her children were tearing each other's hair out on a regular basis and she did not know what to do. A whole lot of parents stepped in to offer compassion and ideas and the ideas were aligned with what we discussed in our consult, but somehow something clicked this time. I see that a lot. Sometimes you need to hear things a few times from a few different people and all of a sudden the penny drops and you're actually able to do something different. So first, what you hear Adriana and Tim describe in this conversation is that she started using the tools with their oldest child, and then the child wanted to use them with Tim. And that helped them to see some big behavior changes when the child's no longer fighting bedtime because they were able to see and meet his need. With some more modeling and practice with the parents and the children, each trying to understand and meet each other's needs in difficult moments they were all having, one day... Her children started to do this with each other without Adriana saying a word. They were able to solve their own problems and meet both of their needs without her having to step in as the referee. 
I've had an amazing five years as part of the membership. And I think for me, the most noteworthy thing is that I came looking for more tools and more information to meet the situation as it was when I joined. And what I got was so much more than that. And the real value has been in my own personal development, in the clarity I've had towards what my own expectations were for my family and for myself, and being able to move away from how do I fix this problem that's coming up for me right now, and more towards how can I embody my own values and be the person and the parent I want to be, and learn to follow my own inner compass as we go through challenging times. Parenting membership is now open for enrollment, but only until midnight Pacific on Wednesday, May 15th. We have sliding scale pricing and a 100% money back guarantee. Join now to get access to everything you need to make the change that you want to see in your family life at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash parenting membership. To be sure you saw that coming before you go into the conversation, because I think so often we see the problem in isolation and what she needed was the solution to getting her children to stop fighting. But when she and Tim changed the way that they showed up for their children, their children learned the tools that then enabled them to show up differently for each other. The whole thing happened really fast once it got started, and it was amazing to see her post roll in with the successes they were having at navigating conflicts in a way that actually met everyone's needs. If you're thinking that maybe you might need some help like this in your own life, then come and join Adriana and Tim and all the other amazing members in our parenting membership, which is open for enrollment right now. You get content each month on a new issue in parenting from raising healthy eaters to navigating screen time to getting on the same page with your co-parent. You get access to our private, not on Facebook community, and you can join a small group of peers who meet every week and form a really tight bond as you navigate challenges together. Every time I talk with a parent about their experience in the membership, and ask what advice they would have for other members, they say how hesitant they were to join one of these groups because they couldn't understand how it would help to meet up with other folks who didn't know any more than they did. But they end up counting the other members in their group as their closest friends that they can tell anything to without feeling as if they're going to be judged. And we'll meet you exactly where you are. We have members who have barely even looked at the content and yet find their membership a rewarding, fulfilling place to be. We'd love to meet you in the membership. So if you'd like to learn more, you can visit yourparentingmojo.com forward slash parenting membership. Enrollment's open right now until midnight Pacific on Wednesday, May 25th. And we will start together on June 1st. Sliding scale is available too. So now let's get into our conversation with Adriana and Tim. Welcome to both of you. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for welcoming us. We live, we're a family of four. We live in Texas. Adriana, myself, Bodhi, and Remy is... Uh, Family dynamic. Bodhi's a uh, five year old and Remy is three. She'll be four in September. May. Oh, yeah, he's September. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> Super. And that's definitely not going to be a problem at birthday time, I can imagine. <laughs> and so, what was life like for you two growing up? What kinds of backgrounds did you come from? I grew up in a big family. There was five of us kids. My parents were divorced. I, we lived with my mother most of the time. She was a severe alcoholic, very abusive very neglectful. My sister and I basically raised our little brothers. Occasionally, my dad would take us for like a short time. But for the most part, we just lived like a very fear filled, chaotic, unstable entire childhood. 
a lot of that for me too. <laughs> also, my parents are both divorced as well. I have seven brothers and sisters all together through extended you know, families and whatnot. But there was a lot of love and nurture in my childhood from different parts of my family. I had much bigger family than Adriana does. But a lot of it was not super healthy. I learned a lot of the wrong things, I think, <laughs> especially with learning how to cope with things and deal with things and awareness of what's going on in my body. Yeah. Plus all the typical gender dynamics at play there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like men don't cry and don't let anybody disrespect you and things of that nature. Okay. So there was a lot of hard stuff coming from both of you. And so then you became parents. And I guess it was probably slightly challenging. <laughs> or was it something that you naturally realized, oh, I know I, what I don't want to do and this is what I'm going to do? What was that process of discovery of being a parent like? I'll start and then you can correct me. I think that I think we had both like come into a place where we knew a lot of the stuff that we were raised with and what was going on in the world and how we had lived our lives for the majority of our life up to that point was wrong. You know, we felt that there was a better way out there, a better way to live, better way to treat people. And we already started living that sort of life before we came across you, but it was easy for a while in a lot of ways, but you get to a certain point where you kind of cap out and outgrow just like reading quotes, <laughs> you know, reading quotes and just doing the best that you can to be the best person possible, but not really having clear cut direction. We aged out there at some point. Aged out is not the right word. We get you. Okay. We both have in common that we are in recovery and being in recovery for, I think, when we had Bodhi, we were probably at five or six years. And that gave us like a really good foundation of just living life honestly. And, you know, with the mindset of do the next right thing. So we had some good values, which I think was helpful. So going into parenting, it was like, okay, let's be nothing like our parents and bring in these principles that's like recovery taught us. And that was like a good foundation. It really wasn't really challenging at that point. Babies are not the same kind of challenging as toddlers. Very true. So what kinds of things was your toddler starting to do that was a little more challenging? So Bodhi, our five-year-old, when he was young, he was really easygoing. Like I remember we lived in West Boylston. So like he couldn't, he was probably like right around two when he had like a, a tantrum. And I remember being like, I think this is like his first like real show of like defiance. Like he doesn't do this. Like he listens, he's logical. He doesn't take risks. Like he's just, yeah. we thought we were like parents of the year. And so it really got challenging. I think when we had a second child, I think that's when we really felt like we were absolutely drowning. Yeah. I really think I felt, and I, think Adriana did as well, that we were like killing it at being parents. The best. They were like the best parents ever with the best kid ever. And we were just so great. And he was so great. And it was so easy. Not and, always and, easy, but then it just, you get a second child and it. But also not, we were reading a lot of Janet Lansbury stuff. We were listening to her podcast. We had read her books. We were reading her blogs. If we had a problem, I would literally Google Janet Lansbury, temper tantrum, Janet Lansbury, kid won't get in car seat. You know what I mean? So we had this like respectful parenting foundation and those tools were enough for a long time. And then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that we got to a point where it was like, I just remember like being in the car and both of our kids do not like the car oh, at all. Now. They're so good at it now, though. But they did not like being in the car. And 
that really is not easy at all. So we were like driving and I'm driving and Bodhi's upset and Remy's upset. And you just get to this like insane point where like I'm mad at her because they're out of control. And I know she's not, it's not her fault, you know, but I still can't help it be mad at her for it for no reason at all. And just didn't like that feeling at all of just like having these out of control, like insane thoughts going on of being mad at my wife. The kids are crying. What was that time period like for you, Adriana? Honestly, to be like totally transparent, like I would say like the first two years of having a second child, I really struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety. And like, it really shaped how I was able to manage parenting. And like, I still had these values of being respectful and treating my children the way they deserve to be treated. But I think that like not treating my mental health problems. Cause it's more than just like, go take a bath. It's going to be fine. Like I really needed to do some bigger things than that. The baths totally helped, but there was more to be done. And I think that it just felt impossible. So having the two kids is hard on its own for anybody, but then dealing with those mental health challenges on top of it, not being honest and open with my family about what's really going on for me and just like keeping a lot of it to myself. It was a really, really hard time. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that was impossible because it was like, we both wanted to do well so bad. And we're like reading books and practicing things and like practicing mindfulness and meditating and doing service work and just like doing everything we can and still falling short and just being exhausted and falling short all the time and just waiting to stop surviving yeah Hmm. you know like when are we going to stop just surviving when are we going to stop drowning when is this going to be okay and i do think when your kids get older things get easier but i also think when you're able to have like an internal shift of how you look at things that is a big game changer too yeah and we also wanted to get the Parent of the Year award back. <laughs> so that was a little bit out of reach at the time. <laughs> okay. And so at some point you heard of the parenting membership that I run. I don't know if you remember how you heard of it or what the decision-making process was like when you decided to join. Yeah, I do. I had listened to your podcast and it was just like so incredible. Like I just really felt like occasionally you meet these people in life where you're like, I want what they have and I'm, I'm willing to go to any lengths to get it. And I was like on the fence, like we were kind of in a financial tight spot at the time. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't really spend the money. And then how am I going to make the time? And just every excuse in the book, I had time. And, you know, there was a way for me to do the membership financially. And it wasn't a really hard decision once I kind of was able to stop making up excuses. I remember feeling a little bit hesitant about it for sure at first, because I was just like, I mean, we're already trying everything we can and we're already doing all these things and I'm already exhausted and I don't have time to do anything already. It's just like week one, do this and then this group call and then this chat. And I was just like, when are we going to do that? It's really, it really helped us really, really grow as parents, as a family and just accept that things that did deeply resonated with us make sense for our family and uh, being able to have that community even on just online as we actually are most surrounded by people who are traditionally parent uh, is just amazing. The parenting membership is now open for enrollment but only until midnight pacific on Wednesday May 15th. We have sliding scale pricing and a 100% money back guarantee. Join now to get access to everything you need to make the change that you want to see in your family life at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash parenting membership. Possible. 
Okay, so definitely some skepticism then. I wonder also if there was some element of, is this really going to be the thing? Like if we're already reading the books, we've already done all the stuff, how can this possibly be any different? Totally, for me. I have like a really hard time with anything being like, that's not going to make a difference for me. With like anything. Anything that you say is going to make my life better. I'm like, yeah, no, not going to work. So there was a lot of that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So what was it that made you think, okay, this is actually worth trying then if there was so much of that going on? Desperation. (laughs) (laughs) And now in stereo. being sick and tired like we were just (laughs) something needed to change i my mental health was in a much better spot i had like the energy to like do something else to do something different and for me like and i've said this before like my values did not align with my actions as much as i needed them to and don't get me wrong i wasn't doing horrendous things to my children but it doesn't like my values weren't aligned with my actions and that was enough for me to like really take some action. I think we both also learned from being in recovery too, that like you have to do drastic things to change drastically. Knowing that and having experienced that in the past, it kind of made sense that, you know, we'd really have to like dig in. And I mean, the concept of the structure of it and the support clicks with me pretty well. It's really, it's a good combo. Okay. So what were some of the earliest successes that you had? Kids are kids and like, they're never going to be perfect. You know, they're always going to do things to drive drive you up the wall. And, but I think it's more about how we responded to stuff that made a bigger difference. I remember Adriana was like talking to me in the kitchen and talking through a back and forth she had with the kids earlier in the day. And this time, Bodhi was able to kind of recognize what his actual need was in the moment. Can't recall what it was. It was something that a kid needed. I needed this color fork or whatever, you know. It was just drawing out this like crazy behavior. And having the ability to, to watch her process it, me understand what was going on, and then to see Bodhi pick it up too, it was like, oh, okay. You know, this isn't such a waste of time anymore. You know, nothing ever was. But. <laughs> it wasn't super towards the beginning, but I remember there was a time Bodhi was having a hard time going upstairs and going to bed and you decided to have a problem solving conversation with him. And you guys came to the solution that you would write down the colors he planned to use for certain parts of his picture. And that was his thing. He didn't want to go to bed and forget what his plan was. Mm-hmm. And now we've done this a few times now. Like if he can't go to sleep because something, he'll write a note and tape it above his bed. And so first thing in the morning, he can jump back into whatever he was doing. And it's so simple, but we wouldn't have gotten to that without being like, you know, hey, like what's going on for you right now? Like you really don't want to go upstairs. And I don't know what it is, but like somewhere in the beginning of this membership, like I had this shift where I really feel that like compassion for my children. Like it's not an annoyance. It's not a bother. Like when my kids are having a hard time, I don't know, like I feel that for them and it makes getting down and having that it's not always having the problem solving conversation in the moment, but just being there for them. Ah, you must be really upset right now to say that to me. Yeah. Let me know if there's anything I can do. I'm here for you. Like, and I mean it, it affects them in such a different way because they can feel that I mean it, you know? So it's been a game changer real quick. My earliest success, I don't remember which module it was in, but I realized that I was just setting a lot of really stupid limits 
I mix up the words limits and boundaries. I was just saying, not being like, no, 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 but just like, oh, hey, don't play with that box or hey, don't take those spoons out of there. And just setting these really like unnecessary limits, like, and not even realizing I was doing it, thinking, oh, I have this need for a clean house. So no, I'm not going to let you rip that box to pieces. But then kind of seeing that maybe if I didn't in some nice way say no 78 times a day, maybe things would look a little different when we actually did need to set a limit that was because of your safety or your well-being, you know? And it's not like my kids are running around the house just painting on walls and ripping things apart, but it's just different now that I've kind of become mindful of how often you can say no in lots of ways for no good reason. Absolutely. And what are your kids really hearing, right? When you get down on their level, what they're hearing is, I matter, is that you, the parent, truly care about what's going on for me and about seeing me for who I really am. And not just seeing this behavior that I did because I didn't know how else to get your attention or to convey this, you know, this thing that I'm trying to tell you, you're seeing what's truly underneath that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all that any of us wants (laughs) in life is to be truly seen and truly known. And you're giving that gift to your children so early on. It's awesome to hear about. One of the things that I look back on in your tenure in the membership (laughs) is the sibling dynamic that was going on there for a few months. And it seemed as though from your posts, you were kind of at the end of your rope with that. (laughs) Can you tell us a bit about what was going on there and what that transition process was like for you. It still can be. So obviously the goal of this is never to like change my children's behavior, but like just figuring out a way to show up to it differently has made a difference. So they still fight, they're still siblings, but it was just really overwhelming to where I just didn't know. It is really hard when two children have needs in the same moment and it's not possible to meet them both. I don't know. Like I think before when they would fight, I would jump in and be like, okay, you over here, you over here. Like I would see him hurting her, her hurting him. And it obviously triggered something inside of me. Like siblings aren't supposed to do that. You guys have to be best friends. Like just made up ideas in my head about what things should look like versus what they actually do look like. Like now, if my kids are having a disagreement or an argument The first thing I do is just say, hey, I hear some loud voices. Do you guys need help? Are you figuring it out? And they can figure it out sometimes, but they can tell me when they just can't. And so if they do need my help, what usually works for us, usually they both want to talk at the same time and they both have something super important to say. And then it's like another fight about whose thing is more important to say. So we get one of our favorite stuffed animals and we all just take turns holding it and saying everything we need to say. And then we start coming up with ideas on how this can work for everybody. And most of the time we can figure it out. You know, usually it's like he really wanted this Lego minifigure, but she's playing with it and it's really special to her. It's really big for both of them. And usually when they can each say what they were hoping to have happen, they can work it out. And if not, we either just move on to something different for a little while. We read a book together, we cuddle together, or the kids have some separate time in their rooms and it's not a punishment. It's I'm going to sit in between your guys' bedrooms right now. I'm going to get you each set up with something you love to do. And I'm going to check in with both of you and we'll try to play together again in a while. And it sounds like really simple stuff and it is, but I had to wipe away those preconceived notions of how I thought things should be before I was able to be open to those new ideas on how to show up for them during conflicts. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I learned from, you know, the sibling rivalry stuff was that, you know, it's because you have one kid and they have a problem 
one or both of you can be totally there and just do whatever needs to happen in that moment. But then you throw somebody else, another one in the mix and, you know, and there's only one parent there, you can't always or most of the time even do it right there. So I think it was a really long way of saying that, you know, we had to look at the holistic like day and, you know, life rather than that moment. You know, if we were able to identify the need and get out ahead of it beforehand, you know, that will pull us out of a lot more of these situations. And I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. And there's going to be tons of times when you're just outmatched. But, you know, it gives us, that gives you a better opportunity to, to get through this stuff. Like sometimes the same problem, to give you a specific example, like both children crying, both really wanting to be with me, to be held, to be physically comforted. So, but they don't want to be touching. So I'll say, oh, I have two legs. You can each sit on one of my legs and I put my arms around each of you. And then they're like, no, we're touching. We don't want to be touching. And they're crying. And one time when this happened, they weren't so far gone, we couldn't talk about it. And we did have a problem solving conversation. And they just we just like sat there and brainstormed all these ways that they could both get that physical connection need met. And, you know, Remy's like, well, I could sit in your lap and he can sit lower down between your ankles. And then we're both touching you. It kind of served also as like a tool to just calm down a little bit. I don't even remember what the solution was at that time. But That's a common problem with both kids want all of me. And to touch on what he said, we try to carve out one-on-one time with the kids because they're less likely to have that need like during a conflict if they're getting it met ahead of time. And that's something we definitely learned from. I think it was a call with you or, or something. Yeah. And I remember a very specific string of posts. You were looking for advice from people. You were posting in the group. And I think you mentioned a book about siblings that actually is a book I respect. But you said, I read the book and I didn't like the book and I need some help. (laughs) And a bunch of people sort of uh, who have multiple children said, you know, here are some things I've tried. And it seemed as though you got a little shift from that. And I think you'd already been practicing identifying needs with each child individually, but I hadn't seen you do it together with the two children before. And I think there were a couple of times where you were trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And then there was a series of posts that you put up in the group where you were like, I have to share this and you are the only people who will understand. I remember one post where I think you said that Bodhi was coloring or drawing or something and Remy came in and wanted to participate in it. And Bodhi said, what are you trying to do? Or what's your need right now? Or something like that. And together, the two of them were able to identify what was her need and meet that need. And this thing that could have escalated into, well, she took my crayon and he (laughs) became this beautiful example. Yeah. She came and was trying to like color on his paper. And he was like, wait a sec, Remy, let's talk about this. What do you need right now? And she said, I just really wanted some extra playtime with you because you spend so much time coloring lately. And he said, okay, how about if I stop coloring for a few minutes and go play with you? And she said, okay. And they went and played together. Yeah, magical. And they were how old at that time? Maybe like just three and four. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool when they do it. It's really like, tonight, even you know, I got home from work and I wanted to get them to bed. So we had an engagement we had to keep. And, <laughs> you know, so it was like super important to me. But we also had to set up our tent in the backyard. So I'm like going through that. We sat down and talked about like some safety stuff before we set up the tent and but it was a brief conversation and they end up, they have all the stakes and they're running around the yard, losing them and Bodhi has the hatchet and he's swinging it around and, you know, I'm trying to get the tent up and it falls over and I'm like getting short. So then whatever, I bring them upstairs. I'm not having a great time. They're not behaving the way I'd want them to and continues on into bedtime. 
And I just like paused for a minute and I was just like, guys, I'm really sorry that I've been short with you. I'm just a little worried. You're not listening to anything I say and we're going to go camping soon. And a lot of dangerous things could happen if we're not listening when we do that. You know, what's going on? Actually, it made me cry a little bit. But Remy, you know, I went on to say, I love you so much and you're so important to me and yada, yada, yada. And Remy said to me, that's not true. You always go to work and leave us. And I was like, goodness, you know, so I kind of... I felt so bad, you know, but I wanted to like explain to her why I go to work, you know, and I think when she understood that a little bit, it like made more sense to her. You know, I'm not going to work because I want to be away from you guys. I'm going to work to provide for us. Just to see that like that misbehavior is connected to this unmet need of having some more time with her dad. Yeah. And her being able to say that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Her being, I came home like a tornado and I'm trying to do all this stuff and from work and, you know, and this is our time together and I'm just like being a jerk about it all. How would it affected her? You know, because normally you guys just play and yeah, normally we just play and have fun until bedtime. And uh, I had an agenda. Yeah. That's another good lesson too. You know, usually when I'm upset, they're upset and I'm usually upset when I have an agenda timelines to keep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was about to give you a different kind of dad of the year award when I heard the swing in the hatcher. <laughs> So Tim, I'm especially curious because we do have dads who are engaged in the group. Obviously, it's less common for dads to be doing this kind of work than for moms to be doing this work, you know, female identifying parents. And I'm wondering how that experience has been for you as a dad engaging more deeply with the learning about different methods of parenting and different ways of interacting with your children. Has it been difficult at all? Has it been easier than you expected? What would you say to dads who are listening to this and thinking, is it really my job to be doing this stuff? (laughs) I guess I don't think that way a lot. You know, and I do have lots of other dad friends and stuff that very men should work and women should do it. And I don't believe that. I shouldn't say I don't believe that because I do have that in me somewhere. And but I know it's wrong, you know, so usually when I comes from my childhood, and for me, like anything that comes from my childhood, I usually just run away from the other way. So like, I'm like, well, that's not how I was raised. So I should definitely be doing it. (laughs) You know, I think in a lot of ways, that stuff comes a little bit easier for me. And yeah, I mean, you have to kind of shed some of those, I guess, base like male thought processes of being tough and, you know, just dealing with it. And I mean, that's, I was totally raised on not showing emotion and not um, letting people see your weaknesses and stuff like that. A hundred percent, that's how I was raised. And that's so it's even hard for me a lot of times to do it, but I do know the value in it. And um, so, you know, it does makes it possible for me. And I know it's going to get us to where we need to be. So just do it, guys. It's great. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) So where are you headed as a family besides camping this weekend? (laughs) What's life in the future for you? No, I think past next week sometimes. <laughs> I mean, our family is like so important to us. It's like the only thing that really matters, I think, to us, which we might need to mix some other stuff in there. But, you know, it's our driving force to be together and, and to be healthy together, I think is, you know, what's super important. And really just the more we can know the truth of what's going on, I think we feel that's our place. You know, that's where we need to go. Anything that comes about it, then great. Anytime we we try to control things and push things into a direction we want to go in. It's just kind of a recipe for disaster. So we don't know what our kids want to do. We don't know what we want to do. At least I don't. But I think if we're loving each other and we're digging in for truth, we know that, you know, whatever happens is going to be okay. 
Adriana, you want to add to that? I mean, when I think about the future, like I honestly just picture us like continuing to adventure together and like just experience. It's important to plan for the future, but I also think it's super important to like live right now. So caught up in like, let's sell everything we own and buy an RV. Let's do this. Let's do that. But like right now we have this like incredible gift of being able to just like be with our children, explore nature, do puzzles and just like, it's okay to be content with right now. And we want to continue growing as parents and growing as a family and see like, see where that goes. Yeah. And I wonder if this has impacted other relationships in your lives beyond your relationships with your children. It's interfere with some relationships in my life because sometimes I try (laughs) to tell my friends, dude, don't talk to your kid like that. <laughs> you know, they're not being bad. They have something going on. You're falling really short as a dad to help them out. So that doesn't usually go well. They don't like uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I see that, it, you it's know, hard. it's so clear, you know, because I know that they're not bad people and they don't mean to, you know, but it's so clear, like there's damage going on there and you don't even know it. You know, you think you're doing the best. So whatever. Back to the question. <laughs> um, it helps me out a lot at work. I manage a lot of people and it's really super helpful in that regard of having compassion and empathy, compassion and empathy for people. You know, so we have this big group of people and when I start seeing behaviors popping off left and right over here, you know, I stop thinking about the individuals and like what's going on in our like little network here, a little environment that might be causing this kind of stuff. And you can usually find some root cause that is happening that stems from me or somebody else. And it gives you an avenue to, to kind of fix that. It's definitely impacted our relationship. I think it was like, I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, but we were on a coaching call. It was a group coaching call. I just remember we were like in bed eating burgers during the call. Our kids had a stomach bug, but they were upstairs sleeping. That was a really stressful time, which I think is why I remember all these little details. And like, it had just like a kind of occurred to me that I wasn't extending the same respect to my husband that I was to my children. I would catch myself saying things to him too. That was like, I'd say, you wouldn't say that to one of our kids. Like, why are you talking to me like that? But I was doing it too. But it just became more like obvious or evident the deeper we got into this parenting work. And we started making a conscious effort to work on our marriage. And we read marriage like counseling type of books together. We try to talk about our feelings. Feelings are super hard for both of us for different reasons. We try, we really make more of an effort. I will say, hey, I feel like I have this story in my head that you're kind of sick of me today. Is everything okay? And just kind of coming out with it and not letting it fester. And it's definitely helped me to feel connected with him more regularly than I used to. As much or more so than with the kids, honestly, you know, it's so important. And again, like we've always like loved each other and always like wanted to be the best that we could, but you're running around and you get two kids and you're tapping each other out and there's not enough time for everyone to get what they need all the time. And it, you know, comes back to the same thing of being there for each other and, and ourselves too, you know, making sure we're taking care of ourselves, which I still am not really good at, but get the kids, then the wife, and you know, homework gonna be next. <laughs> I know it should be the other way, you've but been doing stuff lately, you'll like go to the store sometimes by yourself. Know, it's or, crazy. Like, yeah, you've been really stepping out there. <laughs> <crazy stuff. laughs> camping store the other day. I did. Like, yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, progress. Yeah. I mean, yes. That If someone was to ask me, I would say as valuable for the marriage as it is for the kids. Yeah. And Adriana, I think seeing your needs as valid has been really important to you as well, right? Yes. I spent a long time like trying to be somebody that I wasn't. 
and trying to like, I should be like this. I want to be like this. And doing that totally makes seeing your own needs impossible because even if you do see them, they're not valid. I work with a therapist and it's been really enlightening to see these patterns of behavior. And it's kind of like I put on a new pair of glasses and am no longer living in the like, I should, or why am I not, or this is me. And that's really helped me so much. Yeah, I can see it in you. <laughs> the confidence that you didn't have when we first started interacting and the confidence in understanding who you are and what your needs are and that you're worthy of having those met. And it's amazing to see. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure to talk with you both. Likewise. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for having so us. Much. <laughs> My favorite thing about the membership is the community, being in community with other people that want to make positive changes, you know, based on their values for their family and helping all of us, helping each other brainstorm ways to do that in specific situations is, is really, really beautiful. It's such a gift and it's such a, a wonderful resource that I'm so glad that I have. It's made all the difference. My action group has been meeting for years now. We're fantastic friends and we all love coming to the call every week and catching up with each other and, and helping each other with our, with our approach. The parenting membership is now open for enrollment, but only until midnight Pacific on Wednesday, May 15th. We have sliding scale pricing and a 100% money back guarantee. Join now to get access to everything you need to make the change that you want to see in your family life at yourparentingmojo.com forward slash parenting membership. <laughs> and don't forget that if you'd like to join Adriana and Tim in the parenting membership and make the kind of shift that they've made in their family to go from desperation to feeling like they're on a path that feels right for them, then come on over to yourparentingmojo.com forward slash parenting membership to learn more and sign up. I can't wait to meet you. Hi, this is Jenny from Los Angeles. We know that you have a lot of choices about where you get information about parenting and we're honored that you've chosen us as we move toward a world in which everyone's lives and contributions are valued. If you'd like to help keep the show ad-free, please consider making a donation on the episode page that Jen just mentioned. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Your Parenting Mojo podcast. Don't forget to head to yourparentingmojo.com forward slash record the intro to record your own messages for the show.